0: The following conversation is two crazy guys talking (laughs) shit. Nothing you hear you should believe. There's no medical advice. There's no scientific advice. This is just two people having a conversation. Enjoy it. We say purely for entertainment purposes. Purely for entertainment purposes. guys welcome to another episode of the white basement podcast uh follow us on instagram at white basement pod this one i think is gonna be a fun one so today joining me in the studio is my good friend c4 conspiracy is what i'm gonna call him um because he stays a little bit under the radar um and so i'm i'm really uh I'm really happy that you're here, actually, because I've I've mentioned you on the podcast before by name. So anyone who listens, if you want to know who this actually is, you've got to just go back and listen to all thirty previous episodes, and you'll be <laughs> able to work it out. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm really I'm really happy that you're in because I've, I've like I say, I've told this on the uh, story on the podcast a lot. I. I, my, my journey down the rabbit hole started with a conversation that, that we had, which I, I I don't know whether you remember, but um, 10 odd years ago when I was making short films um, and I was looking for ideas for other films and I was talking to a mutual friend of ours. And he said, oh, you should speak to my friend C and he'll uh, give you some ideas for, you know, short films. And I rung you. I was coming. I was driving back from my mum's in near Reading. So it's about an hour and a half drive. And oh, I, yeah, I and remember now. I, I rung yeah. you, and I put the hands free, and um, yeah, you just dumped me straight down the rabbit hole of like uh, aliens and demons and interdimensional <laughs> this, that, and the other. And that was that was the beginning of my journey into into sort of really waking up. So I want to thank you for that, and thank you for coming in.
1: That's quite touching really because um I don't hear that a lot I usually hear the opposite people tell me where to go or no that (laughs) was I don't want to hear that rubbish that was the
0: beginning of my that was the beginning of my proper awakening so yeah I I, I appreciate the um the input that you've had into my my current life as it is
1: that's quite it's quite a touching thing to say and you know I feel a bit I don't know what to say, really. Um... Yeah. Well,
0: let me speak a little bit more <laughs> while you're while you're digesting that. So, so I I kind of want to talk today about the. We can start off calling it Boogeyman Nineteen. I think you can kind of talk about it now because it's everything's breaking down so badly that mm. it, it can't be hidden anymore. But I wanted to I wanted to to try and do um, like a timeline of what we know or what we think or what we've heard a timeline of kind of the events pre and during and kind of up to where we are now and see if we can, um, just build like a, a, a big picture, like a, I don't know what you call it from the view from 30,000 feet Mm. of what happened through this whole kind of, um, human experience that, that we've been dealing with. Um, and I've written some some notes um that that's kind of roughly my recollection of stepping through, you know, from the earliest stuff and, and going forwards. So maybe we can maybe we can jump in with that and uh and see where we go. Yeah. So the the first <laughs> thing Um, which the first alarm bell, let's say, for me, which I didn't hear at the time but subsequently, you know, became apparent, was that the um, COVID-19 or SARS-2-CoV was patented a few years prior to
1: 2019. I mean, um, they say that they had been, you know, experimenting gain-of-function research or to, you know, see what could happen if a potential virus did get released. So they say, you know, they've always been doing this, you know, and it wasn't necessarily COVID-19. There was even a very interesting, um, you know, um, documentary on Italian TV. Um, And this was, um, I think, around several years before. And uh, they were talking about, you know, coronaviruses and gain-of-function. But as I say, they tried to kind of dismiss it like, oh, it wasn't that strain, it's just we're always doing this. But there was an interesting um, thing in the news recently, you know, even though you know I don't trust the mainstream media, but sometimes journalists do get the odd bit of info out there. And it was in, even in the Daily Mail where they say that um, in 2016, um, they already had, you know, experimented creating this spike protein in the lab and it was, you know, oh, coincidentally, exactly the same one, you know, that we see now.
0: And it is patented. Yeah.
1: So, what well, are the chances of that happening? I mean, you know, I was more shocked that they put that in the paper, you know, because, uh, you know, there's no coincidences like that. These things mutate and to have the exact same one that they found there, I mean, you yeah, know, come on. Um, and there's people that also have you believe that there was no virus whatsoever. They will tell you that this was like a kind of a a viral story they put out that they would then deny, not about this spike protein, but this, you know, what they're now saying is this China lab leak. You know, first they were telling everyone, no, there's no such thing as that, even when Trump spoke of it. And now recently they've been coming out with, oh, yeah, it looks like it really did come from China. And as I say, there's a school of thought where you get people that say, oh, no, there wasn't a release that was just the cover story they would deny that then the conspiracy theorists would go viral with to make kind of people believe oh yeah there's a real thing out there the Chinese have uh, you know accidentally released it but some people as I say are saying maybe there was no virus maybe it was just a bad flu season but they wanted to create fear into people and um you know a lot of people are saying you know during that time did you know anyone who actually had it did anyone actually die of it and i've had old people who were totally sold on the vaccine and the whole thing saying oh you know so so and so oh we we didn't actually know anybody who'd caught covid or even died of it you know at the time you know we knew some people that were ill but was it the flu because at the time were no tests yeah, I mean,
0: I um, I, I, definitely um, had spoken to a number of people who were ill with something. So whether it was COVID or whether it was a flu or whatever, you know, who, who had been either in hospital or friends, relatives, you know, I've, I've, I've had spoken to a few patients who had said to me that their husband, wife, mum, dad, whatever, had died, had gone into hospital and been ill and died, which... Oh, we'll get into this you know this is yeah. a whole nother sort of area of of um, conjecture but i I mean there was there was i think anyway there was definitely some kind of illness that was going around that in some way was transmissible um, late on so so this is almost an aside but when when this story first started to, to break because I was I was following Cliff High. So he was talking about this in October, November twenty nineteen through an, a number of for a number of reasons which I've I've talked about so many times on the podcast. But he'd he'd already forecast this and he was already talking to uh, a doctor in Wuhan who disappeared. Hmm. And he was saying, look, it, yeah. something's coming and you know, you need to get some preparations done et cetera, et cetera. But at that time, I remember just putting out um, like an intention to the universe, like if I have to get COVID, I want to be the last person to get it. Hmm. I'll be the last person to get COVID, and then I'll I'll take it at that stage. And it and it was quite um, it's quite funny how things work out. So I I ended up getting COVID if it was COVID, but I ended up getting the, the illness from Gosha, Um I think at the end of. 21 something like that or early 22 um which was literally the last day that you had to do like the isolation and whatever like if i'd have if i'd have got ill the day after (laughs) it would have literally not counted so kind of that that the weird way the universe works Uh, in, in my mind I was the last person to get COVID because after that they they downgraded it to just say, "Oh, do what you want, mm. come into work, don't come into work, do whatever you like." Um, so I, I think there was I think there was definitely some kind of illness, let's say, going around. So the 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 pre pandemic patents was for me is on my timeline is like the earliest warning signal of foul play. So that was the first thing I had on my list. And the second thing I had on my list, which is something that you just touched on already, which maybe um, you can explain a little bit more, is the um, gain of function. Because um, the the COVID um, molecule, the spike protein, has pieces of HIV spliced into it, so whole sort of gene sequences pieces of protein from hiv literally cut into it at certain places to make it more transmissible more virulent and and these sorts of things and i i recently um listened to someone speaking about it and they said it's it's the probability of that being able to happen by a mutation is less than one in a billion it basically it can't happen it's the equivalent is kind of like you're reading, um, or, or you're um, walking down a beach, and then in the sand, the wind has blown four verses of Shakespeare into the sand. It could happen, mm. but it's, it's more likely someone did it with a stick. So this is this is this points to this gain of function research, which was denied for a long time, and now very recently they've sort of said, well, actually. It was gain of function, but we call it something different. You know, they've after this Pfizer mm. uh, problem came out with uh, Project Veritas, they said, "Oh, it's enhanced evolution." I gave it some funny name. But can you just speak a little bit about what gain of function is for people who don't know?
1: Well, the gain of function is um, when they try and make a, uh, you know, virus. Its function is gained, basically. So what do you want this virus to do? To spread, to be deadly, you know, different things. And um, so basically we've got something which is based on a cold, and a cold is quite easy to spread. Um, And the theory behind this was that they didn't want to make it deadly because if something is deadly, you know, before it spreads, it's killed basically all the hosts. Um, Viruses in general, they basically do... Um, become weaker on their own. You know, the more variants that come out, it's supposed to become. You know, it, that's you know, this is what the school of thought is. You know, they're meant to get weaker because they don't want to kill the host. Their ob- objective is to spread as far as they can. And so, when they see they might be, you know, it's not they're not sentient. You know, they're not like a bacteria. So it's it's very hard to get into it, but basically, they they their goal is to spread, not to die out. Yeah. And so they will get weaker and weaker and spread around. Yeah, so even they get even further and further. You know,
0: even just by the sort of <clears throat> common sense thought process. If yeah. if if the if the uh, virus kills the host too quickly, yeah. the people who are infected with the most deadly versions don't have a chance to pass it on. Yeah. So even if you take out of the equation, oh, what what does the virus have an intent? It's just the maths of it. If you get something and you die in three seconds, you're not going to give it to anyone. Exactly. If you walk around for two weeks before you get ill, you give it to loads of people. Yeah. So yeah, which which, um, but 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 then the, you know the, the gain of function
1: it was to basically as you say to see how far this thing could you know spread. So you know for example, make it more contagious, make it be able to transfer, you know, in a wider distance. You know, to be literally you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, without going into all the scientific stuff that I've read and read and read, and I wouldn't, you know, even want to try and recite it all here. You know, I've got papers here and stuff, but that's what it is. They they were messing around with things beyond the normal capability of these coronaviruses, trying to see how far this thing could, you know, you know how 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 you know all different ways, you know, airborne. You know, how could it travel through the clouds? Could it? You know, some people say it could probably travel in the wind. Some people say no. But but certain, I mean the thing. How that, long can it last? You know, and, and be infectious? Could it, you know? Could it? Yeah. Be infectious just, just by touching. But the thing that, know, that we
0: should uh, mention or or, or um, cover is that it's illegal that research, gain of function yeah. research is is banned because of the potential for taking something which isn't dangerous and making it into something which is dangerous. Oh. And that's why it was being done at the Wuhan lab, oh, exactly. <laughs> because they have kind of a looser framework of what's allowable. Um, and, this, and this was denied for the last three years, verminly, no, we had, when I say we, the West, we had no connection, no involvement with the Wuhan lab. And we definitely weren't doing gain of function research until about, I don't know maybe six weeks ago when when basically <laughs> they said well actually yeah we we were funding it and we were doing it but you know we won't we won't worry about that because it was three years ago so that was that because you know what I want to what I want to do with this is just build real like a a step through so someone who's either I'm in an iron about what happened or who's got no clue and just watches the BBC and believes everything that the government says in the next two hours can can. Follow these breadcrumbs and get somewhere that you can never come back from. <laughs> so, if you want to stay in, uh, if you want to stay in a sleep world, switch off now. If you want to wake up, stay, stay with us.
1: Well, I mean, you know, back back to that. I mean, you know, all this denial and that. I mean, it, it, it astounds me because it astounds me because, as I say, there was a documentary from Rai. You know, Rai Uno, the Italian. Uh, TV station that someone sent me and it, and they were literally, it was a documentary about literally gain of function, you know, using, you know, how they were using, um, you know, bat viruses basically and um, and they even said, you know, Obama had visited the labs and, you know, it's no big, it wasn't really a big uh, secret, you know, I mean obviously I think originally it was in Fort Detrick, um, Dr. Judy Merkowitz and others that have actually worked on gain of function and, you know, in bioweapons labs. You know, they've said this stuff was working, you know, it was going on in America, it was no secret. And, um, but they just decided that, you know, under the American laws, it was illegal. And so they moved it to China. And as I say, Obama did visit the labs there, Uh, whether he was totally aware of it or not, what was going on there, who knows. But I think they were because uh, it was being funded. Um, they've even got uh, without going into you know Ukraine and like there, there are uh, bioweapons labs there. Yeah, this is this and was something Russia that was not I was, happy about that. You know. Yeah,
0: I was going to bring this as a, as an aside right yeah. in there.
1: And there were actually they say they've got the documents to show that they had been you know testing coronavirus COVID nineteen there.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting <clears> because <throat> I I think the number is and I, and I'm, I can be fact checked mm. on this, but I think the number is. Um, either 23 or 32 bioweapons labs that there were supposedly in yeah. Ukraine um, being funded by the West to do research that you're not really allowed to do over here. So you do it in a country that's a little bit shady and has questionable practices with yeah. other things, which maybe we'll get into later. Um, but early on in the, when, when uh, Russia invaded, there was... Um, because obviously, you know, it's covered in minute detail in the news every <laughs> seven minutes, you know, when they want you to know about something. But I, I remember it was over like a weekend or a, a Sunday or something where they said, oh, Russia has, um, they've targeted uh, all these different locations in Ukraine with these um, s- like super hot uh, weapons. You know, they burned like really hot. And they yeah. were trying to say, oh, they're like illegal because they you know they burn so hot. You know it's all right to blow someone up with something that's 600 degrees, but not 800 <laughs> it's degrees. Ridiculous, isn't it? But but basically, what what they were was they had to incinerate these mm. labs to to kill everything that was in there. So they had to hit them with these super hot uh, warheads to basically to, to vaporize all the all the pathogens and stuff that they were building. Um, but yeah, let's 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 go back to the. I'll, oh God, I can I'll, see you
1: smiling. There's a conspiracy theory because I haven't had any. I haven't been able to find any hard evidence. Do for you
0: this. know what I'm gonna I'm gonna add, <laughs> I'm gonna add in with these like a bing like this is number one bing go on.
1: But this is a conspiracy theory in terms of I haven't been able to actually find any solid evidence for this. But there's been a lot of kind of um, speculation about it and some possible anonymous whistleblowers speaking, but you can't ever prove it and you don't know. So it's still probably just a load of rubbish. But, um, you know, for years, Russia has not been happy about these labs being there. And they reckon that aside from the other stuff going on in Ukraine, like the NATO build-up and, you know, money laundering going on in Ukraine and, you know, kind of all this being a cover for something else that was really trying to get to Russia to remove Putin, and then he decided actually... I'm going to, you know, they say there could have been, because as I say, COVID-19 had been in there as well, you know, and other gain-of-function research. And, they, and that's just one. There's loads of uh, different, you know, um, gain-of-function and, you know, biological weapons in these labs. They say there could have been this, um, something might have slipped out where when at the time before the Ukraine war, You know, the narrative was falling apart, you know, with COVID, Omicron came out, you know, a lot of the vaccine damage started to come out and basically you saw Europe starting to open up following England and everyone started to kind of start refusing the jabs and you'd think, wow, you know, they can't really push this too far. They tried with the monkeypox nonsense and it fizzled out and some people were saying, could it be that the next part of the plan was to release Something accidentally, or I don't know. This virus could have, you know, that one in China. Maybe another one accidentally escapes from a lab in Ukraine.
0: Yeah, but I think Putin put, paid to, to ta- that, right? Yeah. Because he was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, he, exactly. He so, probably thought
1: exactly this might yeah. happen,
0: and it's right on our doorstep. Yeah. So if the wind's blowing east when it happens, it's a problem, right? Yeah. So, so let's let's. We don't know if there
1: would have been a release if it's just a conspiracy theory and he just attacked them because he didn't want them there. But, you know, it's quite odd, isn't it, to literally target those things first before, you know, doing the other thing, which is basically him saying, you know, I'm in, you know, eastern Ukraine in the Donbass because it's been eight years that there's a war going on there with Ukraine and the republics and whatever anyone's opinions are on that you know you think he just focused on that why would he really be you know taking out you know i mean there's lots of labs i mean there's lots of bases all over ukraine but he chose to get rid of those unless he thought they might use chemical weapons or biological weapons the ukraine well, I, think I think it's both Even i mean that. it's
0: it's it's a tactically a, a sensible move mm. because you're removing the the danger and the and the weapons capability of, of all of that kind of stuff but but let's let's park yeah. that because I mean i I totally yeah. agree with you but but let's let's park it and let's just go um so we've we've touched already on the spike protein right mm-hmm. which was the result of the gain of function and many very smart um virologists biologists uh, chemists etc who've actually looked at it have said no chance this came from a bat eating a pangolin and then someone eating a bat, and it's, no, it's not no. happening. So the, the, the spike protein was engineered. Um, i to um,
1: let you add another thing which seems quite odd because, you know, being a virus, people would say, oh, that can't be possible, how could that happen? But the, um, the scientists that were involved at the time that um, they tried to silence where well, they found initially that there was this um, spliced-in HIV They also found that there was Petra... I think it's called Petronella virus or something. Uh, Sorry, Petronella bacteria in there. It sounds very odd, isn't it? You know, how could there be that, you know, inside a virus? Well, and the the logic with that was that, you know, early on they reckoned that when people had caught COVID, they didn't display symptoms immediately. And they would then have these stomach pains. And sometimes they would get diarrhoea and whatever. And what they reckoned was that they reckoned that using that um spliced in petronella bacterium it would you know if someone caught it it would start there it would incubate within the stomach and almost like hide from the host so you wouldn't actually feel that you were ill at the time but it was there incubating and generating until then it would release itself on the body you know so this stuff's been written about um And it's quite a mysterious thing because, you know, before I said that, you know, some people actually thought, how do we know there is a virus? Now, I believe there is something there, you know, that they wanted to spread that was probably, like they're saying now, no worse than the flu unless you're vulnerable, you know, um, because then even the flu would kill you. But, you know, depending on whether it was or wasn't, Worse than the flu, you know, it could probably affect certain people in certain ways. You know, a lot of people are saying that if they had an underlying condition of some kind, it exacerbated it, you know, it would attack their weakness. Um, and being, you know, biological weapon, uh, it would not last the second phase, you know, it would just have like one, uh, you know, phase and then go, it wouldn't keep going on, you know, it would just mutate and get weaker because bioweapons are weak. They are artificial they do not last long, and they're and, not uh, supposed to. Because if you are going to attack a country, exactly. you, you know you don't want this thing spreading across the world. You want it to take out a certain territory, exactly. weaken the soldiers, weaken the public, and then, boom, yeah. a few months later, fizzled out. Yes,
0: exactly. So, and that and that's what we've seen, right? Yeah, that we've seen the the early sort of wave definitely had a higher mortality rate. Maybe just because of the way it was treated and the lack of understanding of what was going on, you know, maybe it was more severe, or maybe it was just um, that we didn't deal with it properly and, and now it's being dealt with better, i.e., people just ignore it. It's probably the best thing to do. Um, but yes, it's, it's very much um, done what viruses historically do. It's become more transmissible and, and less dangerous until it just becomes a thing where. You have a runny nose for two days, and you hardly even notice, as it used to be before. So um, that, that's 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 kind of touching on the on the spike protein a little bit. And then the other the other um, point that I just wanted to to add onto this sort of idea of an engineered um, virus or an engineered bioweapon is that I, I have heard very recently that. It, it, it is really never happens that um, animal viruses skip to humans and are, are very transmissible. So if you look at the like swine flu and bird flu and these sorts of things, you catch it from swines and birds. It's not really past human to human. So the the idea that you have this novel coronavirus that's a bat virus that suddenly gets combined with a pangolin suddenly gets combined with one dude eating <laughs> noodles in a wet market <laughs> and then spreads around the whole world in 25 minutes it's nonsense it's impossible it's a nonsense so so yeah. I, I hope that 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 as a as a real broad in broad strokes can put paid to the idea of the you know environmental pressures and all this bullshit that they tried to roll it into about, oh, climate change, the animals come out of the jungle, load of nonsense. It was made in a lab. It was funded by, I'll say, us, in inverted commas, the good guys, as usual, doing bad shit in other people's countries where they don't speak English and we don't really give a fuck if they all die. So that's, that's how it was made, in my opinion. So um, then the next warning bell, which, um, again, people may or may not be aware of, is Event 201. Mm. So Event 201 is uh, a simulation that was um, funded and organised by the World Economic Forum, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Johns Hopkins University, and it was run in October 2019 to simulate a global coronavirus pandemic.
1: Yep, and you can watch it all on YouTube, (laughs) which is hilarious because, you know, when people say, oh, no, this is not true, and I was like, well, it is true. It's not a secret. You can sit through it all. I'll put a link at
0: the the bottom of the show notes. You can sit and watch them pretty much doing blow for blow, what happened about two or three months before it actually happened. and. A lot of people will say to me, it's a coincidence. But I would just ask you to, to, to really sort of think carefully about this. How much of a coincidence would it be that two very powerful multinational groups who have uh, repeatedly stated that there's too many people using too many resources we need to find a way to get rid of a whole load of them and that there's definitely going to be a pandemic nudge nudge wink wink we're just running a simulation for a coronavirus pandemic that spread around the whole world from a from a wet market from a bat right that's the thing yeah. it was literally was that and that happened 2 months before the 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 real deal yeah so if I mean I don't know if there's anyone who's listening to this, feel free to <laughs> leave me a comment on my on my Instagram saying yeah, it was definitely a coincidence, and I'll frame it and put it on my wall.
1: Yeah, coincidence theorists. Coincidence that's, that's new theorists, thing, yeah, because right? literally within the last three years, every conspiracy theory, as they the newspapers would call them, they all have Came come to... true. Yeah, so I mean I, I, I <laughs> so should <it's> a... <laughs> comment at this point on your t
0: shirt, right? <laughs> You've got the Alex Jones was right T-shirt, yeah, which, he was, uh, which
1: is a, one of the uh, he was right, which is one of the memes online now. You know, and and, um,
0: and you know the, the the T-shirt that I've actually the first one that I've actually considered <laughs> buying, which I saw the other day, was um, I need I need some new conspiracy theories because <laughs> all my ones came true.
1: I mean, you know, we're it's nice to have a laugh about this because it's actually very very serious because um, you know I never actually believed. Um, you know, I don't like the word um, conspiracy theorist you know it sounds like a derogatory term to just dismiss someone and have a laugh at them I mean I you know I think it's a cool term too because it's got kind of a geekish you know coolness to it because you know, when you say yeah conspiracy theorist you know because people just think oh it's a harmless guy who's you know into some interesting topics blah but it's you know really if we look at it you know and the way it's been used, it really is just the way to try and slander people and smear people. It, it was a CIA right? exactly, uh, you know. psyop
0: to, to say, how can we deal with these people yeah. who are kind of digging a bit? Let's give them a label which has, like you just said, exactly. all these connotations of a bit crazy, a bit a bit harmless, kind of ignore. It was literally, it, it was is. another engineered social engineering thing. So when all of you guys who've called me over the years, many times a conspiracy theorist, you should know that, that you were also brainwashed into doing that by the CIA, as it's well true. as being brainwashed into a lot of other yeah. things.
1: Because, you know, the thing is, you know, it's not a theory. You know, theories theory is like, yeah, you could say, oh, is Elvis Presley still alive? You know, did he fake his own death? It's a theory, and it's an interesting thing, and it's harmless. But when we're talking about, you know, people literally dying here, from something you know, and government corruption, and it is a conspiracy. Conspiracy comes from the word Latin, conspirare. You know, conspirator. To con means with, and spirare to at least like from the word to aspirate, to respire, to so you breathe together. It means to conspirare, you know, to breathe together, to you know, talk together, to to talk about things in secret, to plot. So, it is a conspiracy. It's not a theory when you've actually got the paperwork. You know, the receipts, as a lot of people are now saying, they use the word the receipts, meaning we've got the paper trail, we've got the evidence. You know, this thing about the spike protein having been engineered in 2016, and oh, it's coincidentally into this, uh, you know, the one that's out there. Oh, really? That's, you know, come on, man. You know, you can't believe that. It's not that, that is a piece of evidence that even Colombo would wouldn't need to think too hard about you know showing here this is uh, you yeah, know what? there is some hard facts here that there is a conspiracy whether deliberate or by accident to create these viruses you know and it's there it's not a conspiracy i think people who use that word are lazy because exactly. they wouldn't use that word and this is what angers me there's lots of um you know scientists leading scientists in the world that had been silenced throughout this lost everything. And from one day to the next, they were like, oh, like Peter McCullough, you know, the doctor, like the America's most cited cardiologist, author of several, you know, cardiology magazines. He's the
0: most published ever.
1: Exactly. And all of a sudden, overnight, they've censored him and on his Wikipedia page, because, you know, Wikipedia is is contrived. It's not, you know, there are people there from Big Pharma that do have editing rights and they do what they want and that's wrong, all of a sudden, oh he's a conspiracy theorist, you know, so everyone's a nut job, no matter how high you are, could be the highest authority in anything in the world the moment you put a foot out of line, he's a conspiracy theorist, and then you get these idiots who, oh I don't believe that he's telling the truth, let me go on this fact checker, they're not fact checkers they're narrative pushers they will tell you what the government Is telling you is the official policy, yeah. Right? They're not investigating anything, and they will go on and go, Oh, yes, Peter McCullough is a conspiracy theorist. Why? Because you've just read that on Wikipedia. Why is he a conspiracy theorist? Because the authorities are trying to deny what he's saying. But forget, look at what look at the evidence, the studies, the evidence.
0: But, but this is This is why I
1: don't buy it when people do all this, oh I went on the fact that's not a fact checker. Use your head no, Look but, for source material. But this is the
0: thing that was always um you know has has generally been sort of levelled as a criticism, is that if you can't play the ball, you play the man. Hmm. So, you know, if you're if you're if you're playing somebody who's better than you, you just chop them. Yeah. You you can't get the ball away from them, so you just you just take them take out their legs out. And and this is I mean, like you say, this is one of the things that I find so annoying is that somebody will present a very good argument against the narrative and the response from, you know, the people who either have a vested interest in keeping the narrative or people who are just sort of going through it a day and not really paying attention is, oh, he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but what did he say? Forget whether he's crazy or not. Yeah. You know, I could be, you know, th- this is the thing. I- I've, I've, I've said to... um to people a number of times who've said to me like you're a bit a bit crazy <laughs> it's like yeah but it doesn't mean i'm wrong exactly you can be crazy and correct they, they're not mutually exclusive and and this was one thing that i just wanted to um to touch on because i guarantee you there's still people listening to this and i know who they are who are saying it, it still could be a coincidence that they were just doing <laughs> the event 201 but as, again, probably you know, and as, as they maybe don't know, there was a simulation going on to simulate multiple explosives going off on buses and tube trains in London on the same day seven, seven, as 7-7. Yeah. Seven, seven. So I'm going to give you the 201, okay? <laughs> I'm giving you a, an open goal. 201 was a coincidence. What's the coincidence of it happening twice? On 7-7, there was a simulation going on in London to simulate multiple terrorist attacks on buses and tube trains. It was happening half an hour before it actually happened. So
1: that one, there's a goalkeeper. I've got a few anecdotes about that, which um, I'm glad to be anonymous about. And it's probably... For another time, if you want to cover something like that, but I mean, or I could quickly. Yeah, give me a quick. I quickly. Um, yes, okay. I have to be careful.
0: I can beep it. I have just, spoken. Just, yeah,
1: just because I have to, you know, because yeah, I have to be careful because even if I don't give names and whatever, these people are few in number and they could easily be traced, but they're not to blame or anything, but I remember I once spoke to somebody who was an emergency service personnel that go up into where there's a disaster zone and they're the guys who literally, you know, it's quite traumatic. They have to pick up, you know, the pieces of people that, you know, they clean up before, you know, the police and, you know, go in because the police go in to look for the scene of the crime, but, you know, They'll go in probably as well when there are body parts, but you know, they go in to do the initial cleanup operation before a lot more can, you know, be done because it can be a, a mess. And, you know, even he said they have to have psychological, uh, you know, speak to psychologists or whatever, and they can't always do it all the time. They have to have different times where they have shifts of work because it's not pleasant. And he, I remember he said to me, he, um, it was very sad because when um, one of the victims, was on the news, you know, there's quite a few and some of the parents, you know, they weren't sure, they hadn't heard from, you know, because they weren't obviously living in the vicinity, you know, they they lived in London and worked there, these people, and their parents that, you know, obviously were outside of London, they hadn't heard back from them, they weren't sure whether they were on that train or not. And he told me it was quite heartbreaking when, um, you know, I read about these people that are still waiting to hear back from you know the loved ones because they didn't know if you know they were yet confirmed you know because the names were there of people that had you know been on the train or possibly been on the train and gone missing or whatever but until the police confirm it you know they still have a bit of hope you know as happens and he said he remembers that he literally had you know seen this girl in particular and he you know, when he had seen later how, you know, she had been confirmed the body and the telly and, you know, others. But, you know, at the time he was like thinking, you know, that poor woman, I literally saw, you know, dead. I knew she was dead before her mum did and, you know, whatever. But it's just that you detach yourself from your work, you know, because it's gruesome, but you have to just get on there. But he said when he saw the face on the news, you know, and some of the others, and he had seen them there, it's like he, he said he felt very, very, you know, it got it to him the reality of... But, I mean, I remember talking to him and I asked him, when you were on the carriage where the bomb was, um, and obviously I didn't want to talk conspiracy to him, you know, because it's quite, you know, yeah, he probably would have been offended by anything like that, being someone who'd worked on that. And, um, you know, I didn't want to kind of, you know, but I just wanted to ask him something. Um, I asked him, you know, there's like a hole, they say, you know, where the bomb had gone off. I said, uh, you know, he said, yeah, there was a hole in the floor. I said, and I said, what was the metal, you know, the metal shards after an um, explosion, you know, they, they will, you know, where they blow up, they go a certain way, don't they? And I was asking him to confirm something that other people had witnessed that were at the back of the carriage. And when they walked out, they saw and some other investigative journalists that were saying stuff, but then they were silenced for obvious reasons. But I wanted to kind of check from someone who'd been there first on the scene as well. I don't want to go into how I met this guy and talk because I want to protect the whereabouts of him, who he is and where I met him, because I want to put ourselves in danger because this stuff isn't obviously reported. I'm sure that it will be all right. But, you know, I just want to be very careful what I say. But he said to me, "Yeah, I remember." He said the shards were facing upwards. Now I could have said to him, "Oh," but he looked at me said, "Why are you asking me that?" And he looked at me like as if in horror, you know, and like, but, but, the conversation had to end abruptly for some reason. I can't explain why because we, uh, but. He never got to ask me why, but he probably figured out why. But as I say, it was best that we didn't in case he might have got to be upset at what I was implying. Mm. But that confirms to me the bomb was under the train yeah, because but, the shards were facing upwards. And this is what they say, that the bombs were placed on the tracks already yeah, I prior mean this, to this. So it was a drill, but the drill was real.
0: Yeah, but this, this sort of... Um... I mean, A, this supports, you know, what we're talking about broadly, which is... um, False flag operation. Yeah, yeah, you can't sort of believe the the official story ever about anything. But also, just just this last moment that you mentioned with this guy uh, actually was almost like the very last thing that I wanted to talk about today, but I'll I'll, I'll mention it here and we can come back to it later, is that the reason why I think um, so many people have so much difficulty accepting what's happening is because they can't conceive of the evil that's present in our um, in our daily lives and in the people that own and control the whole world um, but we can we can we can come back to that later because I think that's kind of where I want to where I want to try and finish things up so so let me let me let me quickly um, swerve back to end of 2019 and early 2020 so just when it was sort of breaking and and it, no one knew what was going on and it was all a big panic the shops were emptied and all of that stuff so just a couple of other little bits of information that are interesting if nothing else. At the end of 2019, the Chinese military was stockpiling vitamin C. So before, you know, it was really sort of understood what was going on and there's this thing going around the world where they maybe were just aware of it there, there are orders of them ordering literally tons of vitamin C, right? Yeah. So, so that's, that's one thing which probably people are not aware of. Not but just
1: military, but some of the towns nearby took massive consignment yeah, but and but it was it was, it many, was known, yeah. you know, like yeah, they, the... tons of it. But I'm talking about you know real, you know, yeah,
0: which which brings me then just just kind of neatly ish onto vitamin D, um, and zinc, hydroxychloroquine, um, and ivermectin. So this is the next. Um, warning flag for me you know the next thing that didn't make sense and you know i couldn't really understand this to me this is another one of the, the, the things that it can't be put down to confusion it can't be put down to ineptitude it can't be put down to oh no one knew it has to be put down to a deliberate attempt to obfuscate the truth so just just to to very quickly frame it Vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc, if your levels are good, pretty much you don't get COVID. And if you get it, you don't get sick. Mm. So it's it's now fairly well established, even though you will never see it admitted uh, officially. Most most doctors, most medics, people have treated it, etc., people have been around it, and will now tell you actually, yeah, you know what, if your vitamin D levels are high, you're good. Now for sure in the uk i can remember at least one um appearance from matt hancock um quoting some bogus study that said vitamin d doesn't make any difference we've looked at it it doesn't make any difference so um you 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 have a deliberate attempt to stop people taking vitamin c vitamin d and zinc And also, um, vitamin D, even if you couldn't get it to take, um, the way you get vitamin D is by going out in the sun. And the the thing that we were hammered with was don't go out. Mm. Don't go out. Stay inside. If you go out to exercise, you can only go for one hour. And they used to say, I can remember, they used to say you should go like at not busy times. Mm. So you should go early in the morning or go in the evening when there's no sunshine. You need that. You need that midday sun when it's up in the sky to to get the vitamin D, especially in northern hemisphere countries. So to me, again, you have a you have a deliberate attempt to stop people taking safe, cheapest chips, readily available supplements that would have protected them. And and I said this right from the start. You could have very very easily just um, gone to all of the supermarkets and just dropped off pallets of bags of a 30-day supply in little tubs of vitamins for one person. Yep. So you got four people at home, you just pick up four bags and you got a month's supply for the family of C, D, zinc, anything else that they wanted to include in there. Mm-hmm. But instead, they did the opposite. Yep. They, they told people you shouldn't take it and it doesn't help. Yep. And then you've got ivermectin, and hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine is a, a medicine which um, I did I did look at it quickly earlier. 1940s it's been used, since the 1940s, so almost 100 years, used to treat uh, rheumatism and lupus and uh, malaria medicine. So it's been prescribed literally billions
1: of times. It's one of the, if not possibly the safest... Uh, Uh, and it has side effects that can be dangerous in some people, yes, Um, but they say it's because of its long use, Yes, it's possibly considered one of the most, if not the most, um, possibly well known and studied and used drug. In probably history, probably I mean I'm not entirely sure if it's that one. I mean, there's some others too. Ivermectin is
0: also similar, oh, right? Quite, where that, it's yeah. where it's the it's the most widely prescribed medicine, yeah. and it's got. I mean, again, Ivermectin no, is the other yeah. one, which it's is very well known from very 1987. Well used drugs. Yeah, it's been it's been licensed for humans. Was it even
1: awarded Nobel Prize? Nobel
0: Prize in 2015 for, oh. for, for, for for use, and and that's really interesting because. Um, the the ivermectin is an anti-parasitic, mm-hmm. and so this then actually speaks to your uh, Petronella uh, bacteria. Maybe that's why, because because it was there was well, always the, a speculation. Why does ivermectin work? Because it works, but but why?
1: Well, I mean the Petronella, it's not a parasite; it's a bacteria. But I know what you mean by uh, why does the um, anti um, parasitic work and even hydroxychloroquine is something anti-parasitic too because the the um the malaria is actually a, a, a parasite that's in the blood of the uh mosquito, mosquito. that's transferred into the into the person you know yeah. the host so and not just that but they also found that there's something else um uh, it's a drug i can't remember the name now it's used in dogs and it's um I think it's uh, it's another antiparasitic.
0: Probably uh, a dewormer,
1: right? Um can yeah, I can't remember the name, but it's used even in as an alternative cancer cure. Right. And it's quite interesting because ivermectin there's a few studies done before the pandemic that showed that ivermectin also like the other antiparasitic which I can't remember the name of, which is a bit annoying, but that ivermectin also um, was uh, shrinking tumours in lab r- animals, and I'm yeah. thinking, wow. So, you know, gosh, you know, can you imagine that, it, and can prevent cancers as well.
0: And these, and these,
1: two, so it's not, yeah. you know, it covers these, so many things. These and two yes, drugs were demonised. Yeah, yeah, they, vilified, they really were.
0: And and so, so the with the hydroxychloroquine, um, there's three factories in the world that make it. One of them blew up, and one of them burned down.
1: And it's interesting because one of the, the the couple that owned one of the factories, I think, were murdered just before the pandemic. Funny enough, we don't know why. It's another it's coincidence. A bit, it, I mean, it could just be a coincidence. Yeah, something But you know, it's you know, but it's we're, not. we're hearing these things, and and you think, well, that's very convenient for the people who obviously don't want us to have it. Um, I mean, with the hydroxychloroquine. What it is, is that, I'll tell you what, it's the zinc that kills the virus and stops it from spreading. What the hydroxychloroquine, what's special about that, is it's called an ionophore of zinc. Um, Basically, to simplify, imagine if hydroxychloroquine is a gun and zinc is the bullet. So basically, the hydroxychloroquine, it gets the zinc deep, deep into the cells, so it does a far better job of getting to where it's needed to kill and to stop the spread of the virus. But then again, you know, you don't make any money out of zinc, do you? But the hydroxychloroquine also has another property, which was to stop the haemoglobin in the blood from being destroyed. This is why in the cases where people were vulnerable and did suffocate, have suffocation, you know, at home where they couldn't breathe and the oxygen was going down, what happened is that the uh, COVID virus would attack the haemoglobin. And what would happen is that um, if your haemoglobin gets destroyed, it can't transport the oxygen. So you get this. It's just a bit like you know if someone has a carbon monoxide poisoning and they can't breathe. They can get the oxygen down them, but they can't absorb it. You know, it's not being transferred across in the body. You know, so it had. So it wasn't really the cure. It needed to be combined with zinc. But it, as I say, it did stop the haemoglobin being destroyed. Whilst getting the zinc into the body deep to kill and stop the virus spreading. The other thing that was another strange side effect was that because if the hemoglobin was being destroyed, it would free up a lot of the iron in the blood. So you got a lot of people that had a lot of iron that it was dumping and that could actually create clots. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of other stuff I could go into, but it would be all, all, all week. But anyway, um, and I'd have to really look at the science stuff because I. The more I read the more I forget and it can all get confused and I don't want to spread fake news but it's that sometimes you know you can it, things can blur the more you read but obviously if I was to do an essay on it it'd be perfect but it's nice to have a nice mm-hmm. chit chat mm-hmm. about this and get to you know uh, without getting too deep. Now the thing is the other thing that was prescribed was because it was this formula that, that was used by many doctors. And they weren't allowed to use this. So what they would do is they would create a study. So they thought, I've got these patients, I've got nothing to give them, we're hearing about this hydroxychloroquine, I'm going to do a study. So they turned their little ward into a study and that way they gave them the hydroxychloroquine, um, the zinc and they gave them something else which is... uh, I mean, though they say you know antibiotics can't kill viruses... These they call antiviral um, antibiotics, um, but it's to possibly stop the side effect of the virus, you know, giving someone a pneumonia, for example, you know, because then they could get pneumonia from the virus, you know, like people who have a flu and then they get pneumonia from. So, what yeah, the, happens? The
0: pneumonia is what kills you, right? It's yeah. not the flu, it's not the, it's the, the pneumonia. pneumonia. Yeah.
1: And what happens is that they would prescribe a drug. Um, I mean, doxycycline is one of them, but the one that was the big one was uh, azithromycin. Mm. Um, So they would give that with the zinc and the um, hydroxychloroquine, and it worked. I think,
0: was that the Zelensky's? Yeah,
1: Zelensky used that and he saved, uh, you know, basically all the Jewish uh, community that came to him. Yeah. Um, There was a, I'm not sure if it was him that did it first... But there was also a doctor in France, in Marseille. I can't remember his name, um, but, um, but he was even had a visit from Macron because he was actually saving everybody in Marseille in that hospital. And then I think they shut him down as well. But basically, across the world, I can't remember, I can't quote it, but I think there might be about 270 independent studies across the world in all the hospitals where this stuff was having almost 100% success rate. So this is what's interesting, what comes along. you got uh, the you know, official people, You know, as if that wasn't already official enough. And they say, oh, well, we're not going to go with those studies. We want to do our own study. So what happens is you have two studies done, one of them by Oxford, which is funded by Bill Gates, coincidentally, and they did this study. And then there was another study, which can't go into too much, but it was completely thrown out, I think, by the Lancet or whatever, because apparently it was a utter joke. It wasn't even a study. It was they were trying to analyze data, and it was all bogus. And then I think there was some ex-porn star or something that worked for this so-called you know, little company that were doing this uh, uh, research. And it was about three or four people. It was an absolute joke how they could even have said it was study. So it was totally thrown out. But the one from Oxford, which was, you know, proper, you know, uh, study and that, they said, oh, we've, we're we going to do the study now and really see if this uh, hydroxychloroquine thing works. And well, it was just the botch up. Apparently, the doses they gave of hydroxychloroquine, I believe, were about, was it uh, 13 times the safe dose? So it would kill people. And they tested on people that were on ventilators that were too far gone. And that's not when you're supposed to use this. You're supposed to use this early on when people are starting to get unwell and starting to lose their breath, you know, not people that are almost close to death. Yeah. And then the other thing, they didn't use zinc. I think they used azithromycin, but they, as I say, this so they used a dose that was lethal, not the proper dose all the other doctors were using, and they didn't use zinc. So it wouldn't actually kill the virus. So it was basically a bogus study that was contrived, put together... Yeah. to fail basically. I, I watched
0: something about yeah. this this morning. Yeah,
1: so that way they could go on the news and BBC. dude 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 Hydroxychloroquine doesn't work because Bill Gates's you know funded study has basically rubbished it. So don't look at all the other two hundred and seventy or all the friends that have probably got it on the side. Just listen to us, even though it's complete bogus. And actually, it's murder. It's criminal because you know you're giving thirteen times a safe dose. You're mur- you're murdering people to falsify a study for crying out loud. Well, you this, know. this this this. I mean, th- you know, and then people turn around and call me a conspiracy th- This is mur- you know, this is this is a fraud. Well, and the news it's, it's, is in on it because they're printing this yeah. rubbish. They're not doing journalism. They're not. They are doing what their you know the people who what their editors own yeah own them for the last fifty years. Most of the press has been owned by the same elite families that own the banks. And the farmer, right? And pharmaceutical companies—they're all in on it. You know, so, well, sounds cliché, but I'm afraid it's true.
0: Well, this 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 leads me very nicely into my, the next thing on my list. Speaking of mass murder, is medazolam? Mm. So, Before
1: we touch that, because it's quite a, uh, I just wanted to mention again the ivermectin. Uh, the ivermectin, you know, that's another one. They didn't have as many independent studies, but I think they might have had seventy. I don't know, but. You, you know but basically that also worked brilliantly. We and took it.
0: Me and Gosha took yeah, it. Yeah.
1: I've got some at home. Um
0: We took the horse paste. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So when when she got uh she got COVID, if it was COVID first, yeah, and she lost her taste and she was like, Oh, I can't taste anything. And we had ordered the horse paste from the like medivet.com or well, something I,
1: I sent you was it you <laughs>
0: i don't know maybe but name, but, but so 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 the so the, the the quick the short sort of ivermectin story is yeah. ivermectin was you know shown to be super powerful against covid yeah and um, so Rogan, I think, had already taken it. Yeah, yeah. And he'd already—you can again—you can go look this up if you're not sure. Joe Rogan, he got COVID. He took ivermectin. CNN published photos of him, and they um, color corrected them made to him make yellow, him yellow. Yeah, yeah, yellow <laughs> and green. <laughs> it's and And though. then he and he posted the original picture and said, like, they just made I mean, me it just, green.
1: It's just ridiculous the length they'll go to, yeah, to just to vilify it, to, right? To, and hide. Life saving. saving this is things. what scares me more than anything. Now but this, this calculated. is calculated. This is why I we I wanted to
0: get some. Because mm. me being like with my mentality, I was yeah. like, you really don't want me to have it? fuck you i'm gonna get some <laughs> yeah. so we went we went on the vet store and yeah. we just tried to order it and then they said no you can't order it like it's for horses oh, you
1: have to pretend that you have a horse so you right? have to register a, so a we, horse, so we registered
0: two horses yeah we got Did two, you get it with that 700 kilo horse and a <laughs> 600 kilo horse so we got two tubes of apple flavored ivermectin paste and then so gosh <laughs> got it first you got covid first and um I said to her, go and take some. And she's like, Are you sure? I was like, Yeah, yeah, you know, Alex Jones says it's fine to take. <laughs> take some, take some. But but no word of a lie. So she'd she'd been ill for about uh maybe like three, four days, and then she lost her taste. Mm. And um I've you know, I worked out like okay, the whole syringe is for like a thousand kilo animal or whatever. So you can work it out. If They've you weigh like sixty kilos, you just sing yeah. Yeah, like it's like half a pea you need. That's it. Put it on a spoon, ate it. The next day her taste came back. Yep. And so then, she was ill for about a week, and just as she was getting better, I started to feel shit, and I was like, "Oh great, I've got it," and I took it straight away, and I never lost my taste. I was ill for I don't know, like four or five days. You know, I was in bed for a couple of days, had a bit of a temperature, normal kind of thing. It was like a it was like a sort of a heavy flu, and I was back to normal. Um, so so yeah, that that was I I, I just wanted to take it to say fuck you, I took it, it you know, almost just like a, just like a, even if it didn't work, I was like, I took the horse paste, mm. you know, the one you tried to scare people into yeah. not taking, didn't scare me, yeah. I took it,
1: I mean, uh, the, the, it doesn't taste of
0: apples though, just in case anyone's wondering, yeah, it no, tastes of shit,
1: I know, the the one I took was <laughs> horrible stuff, because I, I, I took it, I mean, I, I didn't, um, I just took it, to be fair, you know, I, I, um, Because I had actually the Delta um, strain, which is supposed to be the worst of all. You know, me and dad. My dad is uh, um, is asthmatic and elderly. And so, you know, if all the narrative was correct, it should have killed him. He felt better than I did. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, right, is to be fair, it was a bit of a headache. It made you feel really exhausted and crap. And we had an intermittent temperature. It was quite odd because it would, like, go up. In the morning, and it would just disappear for a few hours, and then go up. It's almost like, you know, there was something not right about this, you know. So, but as I say, but it never went higher than like thirty-eight. Um, it was, I mean, it, we were in the middle of the summer, so we just wore shorts and um, and we're just watching the, you know, was it the European Cup finals and just lazing about a bit, you know. And um, but yeah, it does. It did actually tire us a lot, um, and. Um, Made your eyes feel a bit grainy and headache, but it wasn't anything really that you know you'd really you know complain about. If it was any other year, you'd just say, "Yeah, I've had a bit of a flu or a bit this, of." a… This is the thing. You if know, it, it was it wasn't any year anything before, to, you know, but you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. even
0: mention it. Yeah, it's not like you would you know someone that you hadn't seen for six months. You'd tell them, "Oh, how are you doing? Oh, mate, I had a cold in uh, I had a cold in December for four days. Yeah.
1: Like you, it, it, it's just a, you wouldn't even it wouldn't be on your radar." And this is where the fear comes in, because though we know what we know, when you're in it and you know, and you you know, you're kind of looking out for someone else as well, you're thinking, I better be right about what I'm saying. We could be dead here, you know. Yep. So there's that fear, but then you think, but hang on, I have researched this, so I shouldn't let that programming get to me. But it's being cautious, really, more than anything. But um, I mean, look, I would be fair to say that, you know, we had been taking the vitamin D. Same with us. And I've read that if your uh, blood contains, I think, is it 40, between 40 to 50 micrograms of vitamin D in there, you will not die from it. But then some people are saying, oh, but then, you know, COVID can be deadly. Yeah, but if you have low vitamin D, you will die from the flu and even from some colds. Remember how many people die each year from, you know, flus and that. You know, people forget
0: but also, I mean, you know, don't forget if you if you go into hospital because you're not feeling great, that's it. No more vitamin D for you. Whatever you've been taking is out of your system within seventy two hours. You're not getting any sunshine, so you you know yeah. on that basis you will deteriorate. Yeah. But let's let's swing down to Madazaland.
1: But just I know I'm not I'm not trying to be a pain here, but I just want to say about the the the, the, the but what happened with me and Dad? We were taking the vitamin D each day try and you know fight it knock down the temperature a bit um and because we couldn't get hold of um hydroxychloroquine i'd researched this and dr McCullough and other people they'd also found this and there were studies that apparently quercetin can sometimes act even probably better in some cases but i can't you know say for sure but they say this was a natural a natural ionophore of uh Zinc, again, so it's like it can be used in place of hydroxychloroquine. So we're taking the vitamin D, the zinc, and the uh, quercetin. And uh, whether that's why we were okay or not, it's debatable. But what I will say is there's a guy I know who he didn't trust all this stuff, and he didn't want the vaccines, and he caught COVID, and it was similar to the one we had, and I literally prepared a bag for him. I said, listen, I'm bringing this stuff round, and you take it. And I gave him it, you know, and I, with a paper that I... I think I remember you yeah. telling me about this. And you know what he did? He was like, oh, you know, I'm all right, you know, it's it's not good, you know, I don't like it, but hey, I'll be all right. And then like about, you know, a couple, of, you know, a week or so later, he was all right. And then he turns up at my house and he gives me like the bag of stuff and uh, he says, oh, uh, thanks for that. And I said, hey, you you didn't use it. And he goes, nah. He said, you know, I didn't really feel like I wanted to really use it unless I needed it. So I said, so what? You you didn't take any of it? I said, no, what? Not the quercetin of it. So I said, so basically you survived. Without anything. Without anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what? And it's funny because he was, he didn't trust the vaccines and all that, but he still had this thing like, I hope you're right, Steph, because I don't want to die, you know, but if I do die, well, what can you do? But, and I said well there you go now you realize what a fiddle it's all been and he goes well he says, I did feel crap and I did feel bad but he said yeah but was it as bad as like a flu that you've had in the past it's all no in the in the past it was a bit different he said but yeah I was in bed whereas this time I wasn't in bed and then he even told me that it was a naughty boy and he went shopping you know and and I said well you shouldn't really have done that I said yeah but you have to get out for a walk he goes and I kept away from others. So I thought, well, you know, you know. But then again, I said to him, to probably be fair, right, if you were huh? probably right, go yeah, and get it, some fresh air. Exactly, that's what helps you. And if you had a flu anyway, most people will go out when they got a flu. I know I've been on work in the work in the past. If you tell me you got a flu and it was worse than COVID, I like, don't make any excuses. We need you. Don't bullshit us. Yeah, you know, come in. now. It's like. Oh, tested positive for a for a, cut, a sniffle. Oh, keep away from us for a month. Or whatever. you know, what I mean, it's like yeah. the brainwash. I'm like, guys, you know, when we've been, you know, last time, you know, when I had a, a flu, that was wasn't good. It was, you know, it's like, oh yeah, take a few paracetamol and come in. You know, it's like you don't, yeah. not wear masks or yeah, this. Not yeah, sort of yeah, they yeah, work yeah, anyway. Yeah. But it's just this brain. The common sense I find in people, it's like it's just they've totally flipped like a switch and they don't remember. And there's a few old folk that I know that even they said it's all a scam. And I said, "Here, Steph, you were right, weren't you? And I said, oh, yeah. Whoops, I just dropped my name I'll there. Be, I'll beep you You can no beep way. it out. And I said, you were right, innit? And I go, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? He said, no one's getting a flu this year, are they? All the people I know that always get the flu, they haven't got the flu this year. It's COVID this year, isn't it? And I said, oh, you're right there. And and it's true. And and what did the news say? Oh, the the, the they said the cold and the influenza Had disappeared for a year, didn't it? Or something. The first time in 146 years that the flu had completely vanished. Yeah, because we've got COVID. Come on, man. People buy it. They're like, yeah, I believe it. And I asked friends, why would you think it's disappeared? Oh, because everyone's wearing masks. Oh, hang on a minute. So the mask that uh, you're wearing has gotten rid of the flu, but not COVID, which is why you started wearing it, even though the particles are so tiny, it doesn't actually stop either of them. But you actually believe that? You believe that the masks have stopped the flu? That's why it's vanished. But it hasn't stopped COVID. I said, guys, and you're calling me a conspiracy theory. Are you? Are you winding me? Yeah. Are you trolling me? Come on, tell me you're pulling my P- tail. Really you know, come them. on, please. But you
0: had you had oh people. My gosh! You had people literally sitting down to eat in restaurants oh. and standing up and putting a mask on to go to the loo, and and believing that. Uh, you know, COVID only operates above five no, foot or whatever. No, then,
1: it, it is ridiculous. and I, I, would, I, did, I didn't bother going anywhere during that, but I remember when I was going for walks and looking out, you know, like looking at these restaurants, and you see these people with masks being seated, you know. I, I, <laughs> I still see down. people driving no, the mask. masks on in I cars know. on their own, still now. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Are you scared to get the virus from yourself? Yes, yeah, I mean, there was a guy on a mental. motorbike. He pulled his motorbike on, and he had a mask on under the helmet. Yeah, I'm thinking insane. you could pass out and crash and kill yourself and others. I mean, but it's just that it's just common sense. I'm not talking about like you know, even if the masks did work, and you know, there's something to really be you know scared of. But this, it's it's common sense for peace' sake.
0: Well, but I I used to say this to people all the time about wearing masks. Um and I used to say to them, like, even if your mask works, you, you're you not breathing through your mask. And I used to say, what do you mean? I used to say, do, do your glasses steam up when you're wearing your mask? Yes. So are you breathing through your mask or are you breathing through the little gaps next mm. to your nose?
1: Oh, yeah. But let's a- go... A- and hang on another thing. There's a nice anecdote. <laughs> I want to get to my dad. My uncle, hand. right, he's, he's a cracker my uncle. It's like there was a woman in... Um... And uh, and um, it was in Italy, you know, where it was compulsory to wear these things, you know, in the street. And he was walking along the street, and he just pulled his mask off because he thought it's all bullshit anyway. And there was a woman literally pulled up in a car, and she was wearing a mask in the car. I'm wearing a window, and said, "Oi, you should be wearing your mask," you know. And he said, "So he thought, yeah, rather, you know, it's like he said to Matt." He said, "What's the matter with you?" You know, he said to, her, "You know," and he, and he said to, her, "I bet you, I bet you, you wear it in bed." You know, as a joke. She said, "Oh no, I do. I wear it in the house as well, and when I sleep." Yeah. And he was horrified because he thought, "I'm taking the mick out of her," and, it, and she actually wears it. And it's like, "What on earth are people doing?" Yeah,
0: people went mad. People Absolutely went mad. mad. But this is so. This is this is kind of the next the next thing that I wanted to get onto. Um, the is the mezzolan mezzolan uh, morphine remdesivir something... and uh, uh, mechanical ventilation?
1: Well, this is the most sinister thing I believe in the whole thing because, look, at the end of the day, whatever you believe with the uh, viruses and everything, um, we can see that there is, you know, something very deliberate going on where they are banning cures and preventions even telling people to take vitamin D, which would have saved them if they had more than four, you know, all it would have needed is a test and an injection to get your vitamin D levels up or whatever and nobody would have, nobody would even die of a flu now. You wouldn't need flu vaccines, which are useless anyway, for most people. You just need to get your vitamin D levels up. But I know there's some people that will say, well, obviously, yeah, they're banning the cures and the preventions because they want to make the money, you know, because even Peter McCullough, you know, Dr. Peter McCullough and others have said that there's a law which says if there is a cure or prevention, legally you cannot justify creating a vaccine. Or
0: well, you can't have like a emergency authorization. Yeah,
1: exactly, emergency use authorization. So they have to create fake studies, let people die, ban cures and preventions, even making um, hydroxychloroquine, which used to be you could buy over the counter, making it so you can't actually buy it over the counter. Um, so they did absolutely everything they could, censorship, um, everything to, you know, you couldn't even mention ivermectin, ivermectin hydroxychloroquine without getting a 30-day ban. I know I've had probably 13-month-long bans in the last two years on Facebook and given up. But basically, you know, that's sinister enough that they'll ban cures and preventions. Killing people when they're there telling us to our faces, oh, we're trying to save the NHS, trying to save everyone in the pandemic. But no, we're not actually. We are, you know, if this is as deadly as they claimed it was, we're literally killing people and not curing it. We don't give a shit about the NHS or about, you know, how many beds are filled or we're just banning the cheap cures that will save and prevent it because we want to push this deadly, bloody jab that doesn't work and it's going to kill many people. Well, yeah, but, but b- this the, is what I'm yeah, going to say now. This is the jab. even more sinister than just that. The deaths has come out a few years ago. There's a journalist called Jackie Devoy who works in the mainstream. She said she went to about 40 editors. Um, she
0: made a film about it as well. And right?
1: Made a film about it on Iconic uh, called a, a Good Death. And she's got a follow-up now as well. I can't remember what it's called, but it's coming out soon where she interviews families and stuff. And basically what it was is she said she'd gone to 40 editors that she knows in the mainstream and presented this info to all of them and not one of them wanted to print it. There was someone in the Daily Mail, I think, who kind of was going to do something and then didn't and then he printed something recently or... No, he said something he printed, I think, a year ago. I can't remember. And it was... Not exactly hitting the nail on the head, but it talked about you know uh, this business of you know uh, certain care in hospitals killing elderly people, and now he's done a follow up but people don't want to touch this. One person said to her i i think uh, uh, unless it was her or someone else, but there was somebody that said to you know um, one of these journalists, "If we did this, the government would collapse you know it'd be tough because you know this stuff comes out it'd be." Well, so obviously the media, but let's, they let's, don't want to touch this story. But
0: let's explain just quickly, though. This what is it, what it is because people is, are wondering right? what's going on. here. so, medazolan is, yeah. m- mid- um, is a, a like a sort of a tranquilizer, um, and medazolan and morphine are given as part of the Liverpool pathway, which is an end of life euthanasia protocol. So basically if you've got somebody, for example, who's got terminal cancer, they're really suffering, they're probably going to die within a few days, they can electively give medazolan and morphine, which effectively just stops in, them breathing. In the
1: right doses together, it works with them, it does that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's that's kind of midazolin It's a, that, yeah. its actual use, right, is to kill people. Yeah. And the so there's a the, I, I just watched um, a YouTube about this whole thing today because obviously the Madazaland story now is blowing up. So m- m- the UK stockpiled Madazaland. Um, just as this whole thing was was starting, and this and this is in the public record because there's an interview with Matt Hancock on YouTube, which you can go and watch, where he it's was asked Zoom call that he had yeah, have we having... got enough medazolan and syringe drivers and all the rest of it, and yeah. he said, yeah, we've got loads of it. And basically, the the lethal dose of medazolan is between two and 120 milligrams. So, if you actually have a terminally ill patient and you decide, right today, we're going to dispatch them to the afterlife, between two and 120 milligrams is is what you give, and the the COVID protocol that was instigated um, for patients with respiratory distress. So you come into either a hospital or you've in a in a care home, and you're having difficulty breathing. Yeah, the they, protocol yeah. that they were that that was officially from the the whoever it is the government health department was um, morphine, um sixty milligrams of midazolan within the first twenty four hours, and low flow oxygen, which again slows da- down the breathing rate. So basically, the um, supposition is that pretty much everybody who died with COVID, I'm doing my little inverted commas fingers, pretty much everyone who died with COVID in hospital or in a care home was killed with midazolan morphine and this slow flow oxygen. That's not accidental. That's not incompetence. That's not it was a confusing time. That is you could say premeditated murder.
1: You gotta order the stuff. They ordered two years supply, taking even the consignment that was destined for France. So they used a two and they already had a year, I believe, unless I'm mistaken, from you know, a year supply already. So they added that to that. They two year supply and apparently it was all used within an eight-month period. And you'll and, see on the graph the death spike yes. coincide with when they started using it. So April
0: April 2020 was uh, the peak of the the people dying with COVID, with my inverted comma fingers, and that was also massively the peak use of midazolam. And then the second big peak that we had was um, January 21, and that corresponds... With no antibiotics being given, which are given to treat bacterial pneumonia. Yep. So you've got a massive death spike initially from use of midazolan, and then you've got another massive death spike, which is from not using antibiotics. And underlying that broadly is an increase in midazolan usage. So there's actually still a gentle upslope in it being used, even now up to the latest figures that I've seen. So, so that was just the next thing that I wanted to cover for all of the. Oh well, you know, we don't we don't necessarily know what happened. Yeah, we do. We do know what happened, and this all of this stuff was known and was being. Um, Whistleblowers were talking about this all the way through. But the reason why you have never heard about it is because it was suppressed. Because these people who were trying to talk about it were called conspiracy theorists.
1: Yeah, I've seen testimony of nurses that had worked in care homes that, you know, um, they were told just administer this, administer that. Sometimes, depending on the experience, they might not be. Aware exactly why they're doing it or why or what for, but the experienced nurses should and would know, I believe, for us, you know, because you should. Um, and, you know, but there were some in tears that were saying, you know, we would talk to kill people, basically. You know, they didn't say it like that, but, you know, they told you to do it, just do it, you know, whatever. Now, some people will try and say, look, what happened is there are a lot of elderly people that were probably terminal. And if they'd have caught COVID, you know, it would have killed them and killed everybody else. So maybe they were just trying to euthanize, you know, some elderly people that hadn't long left to maybe save the others in case they did catch the COVID, which doesn't make sense because if, you know, the ones that are living catch the COVID, then they'll, you know, so it doesn't make any sense. And it's not true that they were all close to death. Um, They'll... I've looked at a lot of anecdotal evidence forums on the internet where people are writing about their parents and nurses, even whistleblowing. You know, and they were saying, you know, these people were normal, they were healthy, and then they put them on that zone, and then bang, downhill gradually.
0: Yeah, so m is also Killed one of off. the one of the drugs that's yeah. used for uh, lethal injection yeah. in the and U.S. Just in case you're wondering how dangerous yeah. it is, they use yeah. it to kill
1: prisoners, and you know. I've seen even Dr. Campbell, you know, he was online showing that this is what they give you if you come to the hospital because you're suffering from... So people would turn up at the hospital with COVID saying, oh, I can't breathe at and they're being put on a drug which medazolam actually suffocates you, doesn't you know? yeah, it? Yeah, stops so, your breathing properly. So what on earth is this?
0: That's a, that's, And a, this
1: is in the NHS official documentation. That's the question.
0: And and just a, just a know, real brief... Um um add on to that that in this this was very much a big thing in the uk but apparently um i was from what i was watching this morning they did the same thing in australia and italy now there's an investigation going
1: on now in Bergam, which was the epicenter where it's what basically scared the crap out of the world yeah
0: i remember right
1: now i got relatives in italy and france and but anyway and America, so I hear stuff going on. But the thing with Italy is that there were so many deaths in that area of Bergamo. Now, what I do know is this. There was a rollout of the um, influenza vaccine prior to the, you know, pandemic and everyone dying, and there had been a meningitis vaccine rollout too. Now, I remember I got I got friends, one who's a, an American attorney that works in, you know she's got um, studied medicine for 5 years and then worked on uh, as an attorney to you know find out you know if you know drug companies have been up to no good or whatever so she's like a walking bible when it comes to you know finding stuff out and so she would send me stuff even if you know I asked for stuff or she would you know post it and I I would look at research stuff too so it was all a bonus because you know she would literally send me extra stuff And there are things with the meningitis vaccine that can have a um, bad reaction if someone catches, you know, coronavirus. And there was, they say, a vaccine that came out and I'm not sure entirely where it was rolled out across the world, but there was a new type of flu vaccine that instead of being made on, you know, using eggs like the old system, this one used uh, dog kidney cells and um, Dolores Cahill talked about this as well and others we we, we actually went to it's her my, lecture. It's my next point that's on your my, next point
0: <laughs> on my screen you're reading my mind
1: and um, do you want me to talk it? no no me? no yeah yeah and basically we there have been studies done on this and they confirm it because it happened even in one of the barracks in America before it was public because they do experiment on soldiers you know they give them vaccines that come out before the public and it literally Um, killed loads of soldiers healthy fit proper because they had caught a coronavirus and this is before covid so i take it that even a cold could do this to you and what happened is that in one in three there was deadly symptoms where they presume that possibly coronaviruses that dogs carry could have got into the vaccine inadvertently because it uses dog canine cells and of course then it could have acted as a um, inadvertently as a kind of a coronavirus vaccine, not a vaccine, but because there may have been, you know, part of that, you know, dog vi- you know, dog uh, coronaviruses in the vaccine by accident, which was the flu vaccine. Then when you catch a coronavirus of any other kind, it can do something which is called a cytokine storm uh, or an antibody-dependent enhancement, which means that your own immune system in trying to fight something, actually overdoes it, and then it kills you and it destroys your organs. So this was the theory. Now, in Italy, I believe that was the, the vaccine that was at least rolled out in that area, in Bergamo. Plus you got the... And they like their vaccines. I don't know why. There's a bit of paranoia. I know people, they have talked to people, then they say even the young people in the 20s get the flu jab, even though it's not necessary. It's a bit... So And there were a lot of people presenting with these uh, respiratory you know, problems in Italy for COVID in Bergamo, but not the rest of Italy and not in the UK. And then I'm thinking to myself, a lot of youngsters do have the jab. And I remember a friend of mine, he said, oh, because it's free. And I'm like, really? So you take it <laughs> because it's free? But there's this, I don't know why in that area, there's this thing where they just like the jabs. And as I say, there was a meningitis rollout because there was an outbreak of meningitis because they say there was some migrants there that had, had it and then it caused something. So they took that. And then there was this rollout of the flu vaccine that was very, you know, well taken up. And it, I believe it could be that new yeah. vaccine. Now, even if we didn't have COVID and it was just a cold, or COVID, which is, they say, no worse than a flu, matched with people who've taken that vaccine... Can create this deadly cycle in one in three people, and this is what was happening in Italy. They were saying that people who were getting COVID, you know, they were presenting where their lungs were filling up with some fluids that was almost becoming like concrete in their lungs. And this is what I think a cytokine storm does. All the symptoms. Yeah. So we had a perfect storm going on in Bergamo. But now what's coming out is an investigate, because now with the new government in Italy, that kind of is a bit more wanting to investigate. Um, and it, I saw that they actually showed that a lot of medazolam was shipped to Italy in Bergamo and used there too, possibly for the same reason. So I'm thinking, we've got this situation, we've got this Medazolam situation, and the other third one, which is ventilators. A ventilator should never be used for someone who can breathe normally. Respirator, yes if they are badly affected by COVID because they haven't got enough vitamin D and M or zinc or whatever, then it, the hemoglobin can get destroyed and their oxygen levels may go down. And this can happen even in people with bad flus, their oxygen levels can go down. So what happens is, you know, you give them a respirator where they're conscious and they're breathing highly concentrated oxygen so that the hemoglobin in their blood is still working... And it hasn't been destroyed; it can still pass enough oxygen because it's highly concentrated. Putting people on a ventilator requires putting them in a coma because you are not supposed to breathe. Hmm. You, the ventilator will do it, and it's highly damaging. You know, I know someone who escaped death on one. That's um, another story. But basically, she's got lung problems now because they damage the lungs. I, I think it's, they call it long COVID. But it, it's not It's
0: something like eighty percent of people who go on a mechanical vent, they don't you oh, can't right, come it's about off.
1: About ninety percent maybe people on a ventilator will die. Will die. Yeah. Right. So we've got that. We've got your medazolam But let me let me And the situation. It's just perfect storm for yeah, death. Yeah, let, let me it?
0: let me just quickly divert, just literally mm. one minute. So US they they did their dispatching of people slightly differently. So they u, they used the ventilators super heavily. And I think in the US, I think I'm right in saying that every hospital that puts someone on a mechanical vent, yep. they were paid $71,000. I'm not sure if that's the I right read number.
1: $40,000, but it probably depends on Maybe. which state call, you're call in. Call it
0: 40, call it 40. So 40 grand if you put someone on a vent. So someone walks in and says, I've got a bit of a sore throat. If you can ventilate them, bear in mind these hospitals are private businesses, right? If you can get them on a vent, you got paid 40 grand by the federal government. But they also use remdesivir. Yeah. So remdesivir, um, again, this is a this is quite a long time ago for me. For the, so you can tell me if I'm remembering this wrong. Remdesivir was the failed HIV drug.
1: No, no, it's a failed Ebola drug. Failed Ebola drug. That's right. And the reason right. why it also failed is because they had to pull the study. Well, it kills because everyone. because it killed 54 yeah, percent of the it, trial. It
0: destroys the kidneys, yeah. right?
1: People on the trial, 54 died. Died, and and they reckon that within 10 days of being on it, it can destroy your organs. Your 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 kidneys.
0: Yeah, so so basically you had this and I think I think for remdesivir it was something like twenty-five grand. So you get someone that walks in and says, I think I got COVID, I don't feel well. If you can put them on the Remdesivir protocol, they're gonna deteriorate really quickly because they and I've and I've listened to a couple of um uh, testimonies of people talking about their relatives Some one woman talking about her husband who went in and whatever and literally this was done to him. It was put on remdesivir. It doesn't
1: just cause the organ failure. It creates edema. That's right. a build up of the... You have to go on dialysis. And then it... And then it builds get, up in your lungs and so it suffocates so you. So you put
0: so you put them on a vent, and so then you, you get your dr- forty grand. You
1: drown in your own fluids, and then they call it COVID. Yes.
0: So so that was that was just uh, the Americans. They had, as as you would expect, they had their own version of of dispatching people for money in hospitals. So so l- l- let's 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 stick a little bit on the um, not just that, but if you're diagnosed,
1: yes, as COVID, so with
0: a PCR test, whatever
1: you're worth a lot more. Yeah. If you die in a hospital with COVID, on the death certificate, you also get a lot more because obviously the morgue has to then isolate your body. So it was literally every. There was a doctor talking about it. Every yeah it was a stage. Two, best part of two hundred yeah. grand's worth they were, for, they were for, cleaning up.
0: Yeah. So so, but I mean, the American medical system is horrific even before this. So we'll 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 give them a break because they were already, you know, butchering people. Um. But but coming back to Dolores Carhill, ADE, cytokine storm, this kind of thing. Like I said, this was actually the next thing I had on my list. Mm. So from, from early on, so we're talking about certainly for me from probably early 2020, maybe like February, March 2020. Um, and, and this is not an exhaustive list. This is just people who who sprung to my mind. Cliff High, Dave Asprey, Dolores Cahill, Mike Eden. And early on, we were, were all saying, um, don't take the vaccine, mm-hmm. amongst other things. So, amongst saying you need vitamin D, you need zinc, you know, all of the stuff we've already covered, they were all warning about the vaccine. And this was from um, different perspectives because the, 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 the different people who I had listened to had different backgrounds. But they all were broadly saying the same thing, which is that the the vaccine is going to be a problem. And there's there's two sort of components um, which you would want to consider when you're thinking about these vaccines. So the first one is that the coronavirus, the common cold, is the most prevalent, ubiquitous disease that goes around the Western world. I'm not sure if it's global because maybe there's waterborne parasites because of the number of people in Africa subcontinent. I'm not sure. But certainly in terms of the Northern Hemisphere, Western world, the the common cold is number one for people catching it. Now, being being a, a ruthless mercenary business, if you're pharmaceutical, the number one, number one, disease that you would want to get a nice expensive patented vaccine for is the coronavirus this you're making money hand over fist because everyone's getting a cold but they've never been able to do it for the last 100 200 whatever years since we've had vaccines in inverted commas no one's been able to make a coronavirus vaccine all of a sudden Everyone could make one within three (laughs) weeks in the middle of a deadly pandemic where no one could even talk to each other because they might get ill, Mm. but they figured it out. Hey, guess, you know what we didn't think about? Like, what if we put the, you know, the chocolate on top of the toast? Oh, I didn't think about that, George. (laughs) Oh, yes, good idea, isn't it? We've been putting the chocolate underneath the toast. But so they they haven't been able to make one for a hundred years, but suddenly they made it in three weeks and everyone's like, it's a miracle. It's amazing. Walk Ridiculous, speed, we did it. Right. But British, you know, engineering AstraZeneca, we beat everyone to the punch, whatever. So that's the first thing. Again, you might say it's a coincidence, you might not. Hopefully, by this point, if you're still listening, you've the, the coincidences have gone down the toilet into the into the white basement waste pipe saga that we had. But um, so that's the first one. And the second one is that. Again, Dolores Carhill specifically, but Mike Gideon as well, um, had had, and I think probably Judy Mikovits as well, had
1: explained very. Lee Remitt as well, Dr. Ye- Lee Remitt. Oh, yes. I remember hearing i I'm going to have to send it to you, but she explains. I'm not even going to try and attempt to, but you will understand what she says. How the ADE. Yeah. Depo- antibody dependent enhancement cytokine storms work. So
0: basically what happens for and people how you can who are, never make yeah exactly so, so so for, for people who are thinking like what the fuck are you talking about now? Mm. So basically you inject the vaccine whether it's mRNA or the traditional style of vaccine so A Z, J and J, or the, the Moderna, Pfizer, these sorts of ones. And what it does is it tags the cells as this has uh, got a, now a coronavirus marker on this cell. So every cell that it's sort of involved in the body gets tagged with a little flag that says coronavirus is here. And then when you get exposed to a, a new coronavirus, a different coronavirus, the body can't differentiate between the virus that it's trying to deal with and the cells inside the body that are tagged with this marker. And this is what the antibody dependent enhancement means. And the cytokine storm is that your body basically then has an autoimmune, uh, acute autoimmune blow up where it starts attacking wherever these markers are. So it might be your heart, it might be your lungs, it might be your, your bone marrow, it could be wherever it's gone. And... The 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 thing that sticks in my mind just as a as a as a real like just a, in goes in a nutshell. Dolores Carhill, who you can look her up, she um has got probably 20, 30 years experience of running biolabs and doing this kind of research. That is her job. She's eminently qualified in um working with coronaviruses and other viruses. This is what she did. Um she said We've tried to make, I've tried to make, you know, our teams have tried to make coronaviruses, uh, coronavirus vaccines over the years many times. And the reason why we've never been successful is because every single animal trial that we did, the animals died. Every single one, 100% of the time, fatal. That's why we never could do it.
1: Yeah, when they um, had been administered the vaccine, they were fine. But as soon as they presented them with a wild occurring coronavirus, it would kill them. Um, I think there was a study on the ferrets that um, um, also, you know, showed that when they did it, they all died. Boom. And you know, this is the problem that you've never been able to make a traditional vaccine for any kind of cold. You know, I've spoken to some doctors that I know and they say you can never make one. Other doctors, you know, I've seen on the internet that have spoken out, but other doctors I know they say you can't do it because it works differently to, you know, other viruses. Even though, you know, vaccines don't really work the way they should anyway. And I don't want to go into all that at the moment. But the point is that they can't even pretend to make doesn't matter what technology you come up with, the point is that you can't actually do it for a cold family virus it just it's just the way they are these things it doesn't matter even if you've got like you know miraculous space alien technology it it doesn't matter it's that the point of having these antibodies in you in an artificial way will then create this antibody dependent enhancement where then your immune system creates too many cytokines that's why the cytokines and it literally will attack your body and your immune system will attack yourself it just doesn't work. They can't do it. Because trust me, if they could, they would have done it a hundred years ago and made tons of money. Now the other approach was to try and do it using this mRNA, messenger RNA technology, and using the spike protein, which is one part of what you know is in the coronavirus. But it still has problems with antibody dependent enhancement, whether it's as bad as a traditional vaccine. Or not, it's beside the point because we also know that with spike proteins, these are like very sharp, microscopic. Yes, yeah, so and you they can, will, they are found to be all over the body in the brain. Yeah, you can think of this spike protein as a razor blade. Will, yeah, and they damage. They found in the recent autopsies they did on children that had um, the vaccines and um, died from myocarditis, they found the actual heart muscle. It's like it was shredded yeah. microscopically. So they're deadly in that respect. But also, as you say, if um, your immune system then homes in on the spike protein to identify it as something bad and it does it in the brain or the heart, it will attack. And it might not be as spectacular as a cytokine storm from possibly a, you know an ordinary vaccine, but it will to a certain degree, lesser or more, it Can kill you depending on the person, and you're getting a lot of people that are getting cases of Alzheimer's. Well, I'm gonna, or, I'm, you know, just park lot, that for yeah. a minute because we'll I'm, I'm, I'm minute. gonna come
0: on to that in a minute,
1: but I'm gonna go into something else about the um Dr. Lee Merritt really goes into uh, how it really works, the mechanism of this, and how you know the antibodies yeah, that's
0: what I'm yeah. park, just park it for yeah. for three minutes and we'll come back to it because that's kind of my last. Bit that I want to cover, but I just want to I just want to interject before that, just a little bit of stuff about the psychological warfare that was carried out on the populations of our countries um, to get people to take these vaccines, and then we'll come back to talking mm-hmm. about them because that is the problem that we've got now is the these mm. the amount that we're given. But I just want to I just want to 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 quickly run through. So um, this was a psychological warfare. Uh, operation Um, it was military grade propaganda in the uk it was uh, in part done by the 77th brigade which is a part of the the british army which is deals with psychological psychological warfare against the civilian population they are there to um make you listening to this call me a conspiracy theorist when i try to warn you about taking this shit so, so troll it, farms it fake accounts troll farms fake accounts um censor de-platforming people censoring what could and could not be said on the mainstream media and i and i'll you know everybody can
1: remember they were in the mainstream media recently as well funny if daily mail did an expo yeah but
0: everyone can remember the billboards you know the people with ventilate with masks on look in his eyes and tell him this that and the other everyone can remember all the bullshit but i i I just want to give a very um specific example um which uh was was one that that i uh saw with my own eyes and you did as well when i finally brought you there so we went to a number of the lockdown protests and you came to one or two certainly one we went to together um and so in, in London, and these happened all across Western countries, um, and the reason why you never heard about them was because they were never shown. But we went to a, a, a number of lockdown, anti-lockdown protests, and the biggest one I went to, there's, um, you can find probably on Shoot and Rumble. I'll try and link to this as well. There's footage from the Met police helicopters of how many people were there. Mm. So the estimates are between half a million and a million people. We're in London. And so this this protest, this march, started in Hyde Park, went from Hyde Park to Downing Street, um, down the Mall, is it the Mall, uh, yeah. up to like uh, Leicester Square, from Leicester Square up to Tottenham Court Road, from Tottenham Court Road up Oxford Street, um, over Oxford Circus and back to Hyde Park. So anyone who's been to London who knows London... There was solid all the way round uh, with people. I've when so, seen anything right, like when, it. When, it you got, when you got back to Hyde Park, there were still people setting off to yep. do the circuit. So that's how many people were there. And it's, it's certainly the biggest protest that's ever happened in the UK. And it was not reported on or shown anywhere. And even worse was... I think it was not that one. I think it was the next one I went to, which was slightly less people, but I would say 80% of the people. So between 400,000 and 800,000 people. There was a, there was a news crew there from, I don't know if it was Sky or Channel 4, one of those. And they had parked up with a reporter and a camera um, on the embankment. And they had uh, filmed... I watched them do it. They parked up, they got their stuff out, we stopped and we were watching them and they pointed their camera at um, some people that were on, I think it was like the Millennium Bridge, that one you can mm, walk across yeah. and there was maybe 60 or 70 people on that Millennium Bridge that were watching the protest. So they were just standing there and they and they they parked their camera and they filmed those people on the bridge, <laughs> right? I could see the guy chatting into his little microphone and then they packed up and they went. Yeah. And I thought, I, I, like I said, I can't remember if it was Sky or Channel 4, but I thought, I must look out for this. And then the next day, just as I expected, they showed there was a protest in London, a handful of demonstrators yeah. were protesting about the lockdown, you know, conspiracy theorists, whatever. And they showed these 60 people standing on this little bridge and they said, that was the demonstration. Yeah. So that's that. That was the thing that, when you sort of really see it with your own eyes, the fucking lies that they told.
1: Oh, absolutely! It
0: is disgusting, and and this is why you know from my own sort of experiences. Even though nothing terrible happened to me, I I I'm waiting for some vengeance on these people. <laughs> we, I don't, I I don't feel that we can. Learn, lessons were learned, and oh, none no, no. no, of that. There's people that that we need to deal with, and and I think in the fullness of time we're going to deal with them. But let's 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 just skim through that. Right, there was this massive psychological campaign to scare the shit out of people, to make them feel like they were unpatriotic, to make them feel like they were killing their grandparents, to make them feel like they didn't care about their neighbors, to make them feel like their great-grandparents didn't fight through two world wars for them to be so selfish. You know, they, they they had 10 different attack vectors which were effective against different personality types. And this is all... You can go read about this. It's all logged oh, it's in all massive exposed. detail. The
1: government hired psychiatrists. They, they, got, that, they, uh, they uh, hit yeah.
0: people with loads of different things and whatever you were susceptible to falling for, whatever bullshit you like the taste of, that's what got you to comply. So... At this stage, don't feel bad that you took loads of vaccines and grassed your neighbours up and stayed locked at home because most people did it. But let's come on to the the vaccines now. So we got this situation now where a lot of people had a lot of vaccines and they're causing a lot of problems.
1: This is the thing. um, Every time there was a rollout, there was a new strain because what it is is that um, a lot of scientists are saying that there's shedding that can happen from uh, the uh, you know spike protein or whatever and, um, and that uh, if people catch something like a cold and their immune system has been greatly diminished because this is in the research to show that it has actually diminished people's immune systems so if you caught something that probably would have been a harmless strain of a cold because your immune system can't fight it so well they reckon that that virus can become stronger in you and then you can spread it and it actually creates a bigger problem and it's funny because every time as I say there was a rollout there was a new strain coincidentally you know and that's why there's some people even though I don't agree with them but I had to bring up earlier that didn't believe there was a virus originally. They just believed there was a fake Yeah, I mean, David Icke said no yeah. virus, right? He said it was Famously. something else. But that, and that's why they claim that a lot of people didn't know anyone who caught it or died of it, except for what was going on in Italy. But then when you hear all the things we've been saying about the midazolam and about this and that and the other and about people having a vaccine that created a cytokine storm, if you caught a cold even... you. You wouldn't even have needed to have a novel coronavirus, COVID-19. It could literally have been that it was a bad flu season. People had had a faulty vaccine. People were then administered uh, ventilator use with medazlam and deliberately killed off. If you want to be liberally minded, some people might want to say, oh it was probably just an accident. Well, I don't believe that because you've got to be damn stupid to be giving yeah, euthanasia you, drugs to you people. You can't premeditate with, an accident. Exactly. So I don't buy that. So even with the most liberal thinking, you can't buy that. So it's like they created the situation to kill loads of people off, to get a body count in order to scare the crap out of people in Italy, to then enforce lockdowns, which then were spread across the country. Then in England, they murdered people elderly on Medazlam or whatever. Other people that were then going to hospital with COVID and were put on to ventilators on a respirator, a ventilator with a 90% um, death rate, and then Medazlan or remdesivir would most likely die anyway. And so you got this situation where, even, I mean, there was a case of a friend of mine who um, he said that one of his friends, and I hate saying the friend of a friend, of, but no, he's a friend of mine. He said this friend who didn't believe, you know, that the vaccines were bad and he thought, you know, oh, it's all just conspiracies. But he sadly experienced that his dad had to go to the hospital, I believe, for an operation. It wasn't a big deal, it was an operation. This was about probably four months ago. Went in there for one thing, and then he got a call from the doctor, saying, Oh, your dad's got COVID, he's been tested positive. And he Well, he doesn't, he didn't have COVID. And he spoke to him on the phone. I think went, they wouldn't let him see him because they put him in the COVID ward. But he, he said he was all right. He said he didn't have a problem with breathing. Did, you know, could it just be a false positive? Because we haven't talked about the PCR tests.
0: Yes, I've got
1: it. <laughs> and now, anyway, so... And then they, the doctors asked him, you know, they said, oh, we'd put, you know, your dad's on a do not resuscitate order which was what happened during lockdown. And apparently it's still in place now for any, and they've changed the policy now. I think it's anyone over 18. And I think it's by default now, which is quite yeah, scary. you have to tell them you, you don't want it. Exactly. Yeah, And he said, uh, you know, he said, no, you take him off that do not resuscitate. You know, he's in for something else. Now you're putting him in COVID. And they said he ain't got COVID. You know, he's not suffocating from it. He said four days later, they said, Oh, he's on a ventilator. We'll put him in a coma in a vent. And he said, No, you take him. He's dead. Yeah. They killed him. Yeah. They murdered him, basically. Yeah. When he was going for, I think it was a prostate operation. I mean, you know, what on earth? This isn't negligence. This is deliberate because yeah. But but swing it back to the vaccines, so, right? Originally I'm, I'm I believe conscious they did of, the body of time, count. right? I know, I'll just be very quick. The body count originally to kill the elderly and everyone i believe who went in was was murdered the covid themselves probably wouldn't have killed them and certainly if they were presenting with pneumonia from covid like they would from a flu if they would have used protocols doctors have said it that they normally use when people do have a flu and then get pneumonia they would have saved most of them
0: yeah so so um on the on the vaccine side of things, right? Yeah. What what I what I actually again listened to yesterday. Um, so uh, John Campbell. So John Campbell. For you guys who are maybe not familiar, um, he's got a, a huge YouTube following, multi million YouTube channel. Um, he's he's had that channel for seven, eight, nine years. He's a nurse, uh, maybe a professor of nursing. He's a teacher. He's a lecturer. And his channel originally was um, talking about heart disease, talking about cancer, about how the body works. It was just like a sort of a, a, a medical know-how sort of channel. It's been going for a long time. And then obviously through the pandemic, he started to transition the, the channel to talking about COVID. So he was doing daily, weekly videos about what was going on, figures, new research, new studies, et cetera. And it's been quite uh, interesting to watch his Transition from being very pro-vax, pro-everything. We got to do what we got to do, and we got to protect the NHS and whatever. To literally looking like now, he's pulling his hair out on these videos about what the fuck have we done to people, and all of this stuff was lies, and it's all bullshit. It's it's quite an interesting sort of thing to see. But what what I watched this morning, which um, uh, yesterday, which is what I want to maybe finish up on for today, is um, the, the latest thinking on the problem with the vaccines um, is what this guy has called the bolus theory, B-O-L-U-S. So basically, the as we've talked about already, the spike protein, which is in the vaccine, um, which I, I, I shouted over you earlier, it's like a razor blade. So these, these spike proteins, literally, it's like injecting razor blades into your body. And the idea would be that they're injected into the muscle in the shoulder and they stay there. And then they do whatever they do to protect you from COVID, which, as again, hopefully we've kind of ascertained they don't. But they're supposed to stay in the muscle. And basically what this uh, what this bolus theory uh, says is that by looking at, you've got a really good control group, which is bodybuilders that inject testosterone. So bodybuilders that inject testosterone, um, they have about 5% of the time they inject into a blood vessel and they have to go to hospital. Um, and they're injecting into the glutes, so into a big muscle, and they're bodybuilders. So they've got big fucking ass muscles and they're injecting testosterone into them. About 5% of the time, they hit a vein or a capillary or whatever. The oil goes into the circulatory system, straight into the hospital, or you're going to die, or you die anyway. And so you can extrapolate from that. It's probably about the same with these shoulder injections. They, they The protocols almost everywhere was not to aspirate. So aspiration when you do these injections means you put the needle in, you draw back. If a little bit of blood comes, you know you're in a blood vessel. You take the needle out, you put it in again, you draw back. If nothing comes out, you know you're in the muscle. You can give the injection. But we, no one ever aspirated because you were getting matey who used to work at Ladbrooks and saying, yeah. "Do you want to give injections? Yeah, no problem." Going Go you know, it down the a park half, in a tent. Half, yeah. half day training course, you can give yeah. COVID injections. And they're doing it at local parks, right? So that's that's a, that's anyone, a whole terrible. another fucking problem but so basically these injections are going into people's shoulders and probably five percent of the time they they get into the bloodstream so now you've got this spike protein which and and when they were doing them what this guy says is really the way you should inject is as slowly as you possibly can so you're not creating any pressure in the the fluid to punch it into the body it can just diffuse into the muscle and sit there which is what you actually want So this explains now why you've got certain people who had reactions and a a significant number of people who didn't really have reactions because the people who it goes straight into the bloodstream are fucked. These are the people who you see these videos, they get injected, they stand up and fall over or they get injected and then half an hour later or 12 hours later, they, they just collapse and they die because... You've injected razor blades into your circulation, it shreds your vascular system, you're going to die of a heart attack, stroke, clot, whatever, you're, you're, you're done. But even even where it's gone into the muscle, what they find is that over time now, it's, it's spreading to the rest of the body. And so this is why you're starting to get the myocarditis, the heart attacks, the strokes, the clots.
1: Alzheimer's
0: well but that's the that's the next right yep. so so initially it's the vascular thing because it spreads through the vascular system so now you've got these a week later a month later 6 months later there's a vascular event but yeah following on from that now what you're starting to see is that alzheimer's parkinsons ms dementia these sorts of things starting to ramp up because it gets to the brain um because it has um the the uh the lipid, uh, lipid, lipid nanopart- nanoparticle nanoparticle.
1: They even reckon there's graphene oxide in there, which but is also very sharp.
0: S- small enough to pass through the blood-brain barrier, right? So that goes into the brain. Um and then um because because the spike protein also is affecting that from the mRNA is affecting the RNA and then the DNA, this way you're starting to see these aggressive super cancers starting to ramp up of Tuesday, you're fine. Wednesday, you don't feel well. Friday, you're diagnosed with you've got one week left to live from these cancers, turbo cancers. Uh, uh,
1: They're finding very rare cancers only seen in textbooks, now propping up everywhere and can kill you from diagnosis to death within a matter of weeks to months. I know a few people this has happened to. Right. And it's also because there's something that um, it's, I can't remember what it is, but there's there's a T cell immunity and some other things which have been taken from you so if you get got cancer, you're screwed in those who've, you know, literally had this happen to them, you know, with the jabs. Yeah, and, so this is... This is the, and the... there's another thing too. There's also some function that they turned off. Uh, it, so that way it would normally home in on erroneous cancer cells that your body always has on and off and they're dealt with. But by turning this switch off to not do this so that it wouldn't actually attack the spike proteins that are being created by your own cells... By turning that safety mechanism off, it means now that cancers also can just, you know, come and, and do what they want. Yeah, and this yeah. is really shocking. A few doctors have said that there's been a hundred and forty-three thousand percent increase in cancers across the world after the vaccine rollout.
0: Yeah, the same as the eight nine hundred athletes in there. Utter prime of their, their athletic Fittest
1: people. Most tested people. They've got machines in their football pitches that, you know... Fall over. Like, remember the old Rocky films where you've got Drago yeah, running. Yeah, that. They've got these... Thi- dropping dead. Dropping dead. And, and people will not say... saying a thing. It
0: always happened. Yeah.
1: Where was Gary Lineker... Climal, cli- cl- climate uh, change. Where was Gary Lineker to use his freedom of speech to mention this? I don't want to bash him, you know, but I'm just saying that... There's this thing now going on about, oh, he's right, he should speak. But where was he or the other footballers that were talking about this? Why weren't they asking, why are these people not, why are they all dropping dead? No one except for Matt Letitia spoke up and then he had to leave Southampton. I think he got sacked from Sky and he's now a conspiracy theory. just because he's asked, why are these people dropping dead? I think we should finish here.
0: I tell you why yeah because we're about two hours yeah. and I think we should do a part two and we, we should can kind yeah. of go forwards right. Of the- so I think, I think that's actually a perfect <laughs> place to stop because I think that is that is the question maybe that I want everybody who's listening to this to ask yourself and ask other people um, and we' we'll, 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 we'll get back in here uh, me and C. And we'll follow up on this. Why are so these these are these are the questions? And this is what I just we
1: wanted one thing just to tidy up something earlier. Go on. We were talking about development of vaccines and the mRNA and how they. Oh, we've suddenly made an mRNA jab in a couple of weeks. They're saying, oh, but it was because we've really been developing this technology for many years, and and so that's why we could do it in a few weeks because really it was because we've been doing it. That's bullshit, Moderna had never made a successful vaccine. They had other vaccines they tried for cancer, I think spina bifida, other things, and they're all disastrous. They never worked. And the mRNA technology, a lot of people that were warning about this before, is because mRNA technology can mess up the heart and other things. The stronger you are with your immune system, the worse it is. That's why the biggest casualties are actually kids, they say, and younger people. And I don't want to scare people who've had this, But what they say is that nobody who's been on a trial of mRNA in the past has lived longer than five years, and and nor did the animals. So, you know, it really worries me if we are seeing a time bomb that within the next five to ten years people could be dropping like flies. One doctor said that even in patients that he tested where there were no side effects whatsoever... 67% Sixty-seven percent of those people demonstrated as having micro clots in their lungs, which eventually they could die within three years because then the clots in their lungs would block up the veins. It would be harder for them to breathe, and then the heart would, you know, pump harder, and they could drop dead. You know, there's so much. Yeah, you see this going um, on, and the censorship in the media is criminal. Like you know, you saying they're pointing to that bridge over there. They know they're lying. Well, but the, they're I mean, just paid to lie. Just,
0: just to just to reinforce that the, the, there's a there was a study done, um, a small scale study by a cardiology unit in US, where the guy was they were monitoring their patients anyway because it's a heart clinic, mm. and so they would do a D-dimer test on these yep, people. Yeah, that's so the, the one. Yeah, the D-dimer is a is a test for, well, for the a thrombotic event. So it doesn't tell you what, when, how bad, where, or anything else. It just tells you. Have you had the clot, or there's some kind of clotting problem? Even the
1: microclots, and that's what the doctor was saying. Finding the D-dimer, the D-dimer right? test, yeah, they that, started that get, to yeah. ask
0: these people, "How comes? Like, we saw you three months ago. Yeah. We saw you three months ago. Saw you four months ago. It was all clear. Now, D-dimer is not good." And the the common factor was that they all in that time had had an injection, but so listen. Let I wanna I wanna we'll wrap have to it do up part here. Two, eh? <laughs> I wanna wrap it up here. But this this is how I wanna wrap it up. I wanna ha- I wanna wrap it up by asking a question for you guys to think about, and hopefully we can cover this when we come back. And the 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 question is this: the 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 governments of the world, the drug companies, and the people who own the media companies have the best sources of intelligence on the plane net whichever you believe it's a ball or a flat surface but they have the best information available to human beings they knew all of this stuff okay if if Crazy people on BitChute knew it three years ago that I was listening to and crazy tinfoil hat-wearing jujitsu jitsu podcast geezers been shouting at everybody for the last two and a half years. If I knew it, then they knew it. But they did it anyway. And so the, the question that I want to leave you guys with, and this I think is what we're, we're going to hopefully cover next time, is why?
1: And that is the big question
0: So I wanna, I wanna say thank you for coming in. Thanks for inviting
1: me. And uh, I didn't.
0: uh... It's been, it's been. This is the conversation (laughs) I I wanted to have since I started doing this podcast. I've had, I've had loads of brilliant conversations, but like I said, because you started me on the journey, this is the one that has been bugging me. Like I need to, I need to follow up on that first. Those first seeds that came. So, I really I want to thank you for coming in. Thanks and for inviting me. Yeah. we'll do a we'll do a part two, and um, all of you guys who are listening, um, if you made it this far, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks. Um, <laughs> there's there's there are there are multiple ways to deal with this shit that's been injected yeah, into you, and we're going to there is a way. We're too... going to we're going to cover all of that as well. Mm. But um, follow the podcast White Basement Pod on Instagram um i will i will try to to put in the show notes for this one as many references some of the videos i've talked about as much stuff as i can useful information so if you if you want to check the show notes there'll be there'll be lots of uh links in there and uh we'll catch you next time